Welcome to the AMH Network podcast. I'm Glenn Johnston, the editor of AMH Network, and today I'm joined by Paul James, our entertainment editor. Welcome, Paul. Thanks again for having me. Uh, today's show, we're going to be covering off on uh, plenty of music news, entertainment and TV chat, and uh, Paul's going to be bringing us the latest in gaming. Um, plenty to cover in gaming today, Paul. Yeah, a fair bit of news from the last few weeks. So. Uh, we'll leave that uh, towards the end of the show. Um, we'll get stuck right into it. Uh, we're going to be talking music. Uh, today, there was a pretty big tour announced from Soundwave Touring. Um, Trivium uh, coming back to Australia in November with In Flames. Um, so, ahead of Soundwave 2015, we're going to have a metal tour. Um, pretty big one, actually. Uh, so far, there's been four dates to, dates announced. Um, no Perth, um, unsurprisingly. Uh, but... So what, from, what's the reasoning behind No Perth? Uh, so Perth, back to the whole Soundwave thing and other stuff. Uh, it's just too expensive at the moment to go over there, and I can't really see Perth actually getting too many um, Soundwave-related tours in the next twelve months at least, um, unless something changes changes dramatically. So is that mostly because they're just not like pulling the num- the numbers that they need when they they do, no something? Perth pulls. Pretty good numbers, actually, but it's just so expensive to get over there and accommodation, you know. Oh, yeah. Something that's $250 a night in Melbourne per, per rooms, roughly, I'm assuming, 500 to $600. That's a, the sort of difference we're saying. Yeah, um, petrol costs to get across um, the desert um, and just putting bands up for two nights and flights back, it's just too expensive and no promoters really breaking even at the moment. So it's a shame that Perth's missed out on another... Another another tour, but um, you know, I think Perth's actually the most isolated capital city in the world, I believe. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, so um, it's time for those Perth people, I guess, to jump on a plane well, and see the world. Well, they've got to come over from uh, Western Sorry, Australia and move to Adelaide. Actually, we won't no, wish that upon that's, them. That's a step um, back. We'll move. Uh, I apologise to anyone listening in Adelaide, um, but yeah, I suppose <laughs> just in the future they're going to have to start jumping on planes because it's just not going to come. Um, some pretty, pretty big news as well with Unified uh, securing a partnership with Rise Records to distribute their bands and artists across the states. Um, so what that means is bands like North Lane will basically have a good record deal um, in the states and they'll have all the, the resources that Rise have to publish their stuff. Um, there's plenty of great bands on Unified. Um, some pretty big news actually this week with Dallas Green announcing an album collaboration with Pink. Um, that was pretty surprising. Um, they kept that under wraps pretty well. Um, that album, I believe, is out soon. And there's a new song on amhnetwork.com, which you can check out. Um, it's one of the features on the homepage at the moment. Um, this week, we caught up with You, Me at Six. Uh, we caught up with them for an interview and an acoustic session, which will be on the website hopefully later this week. Um, the interview's great. Um, check it out on AMHTV. We talk about the in-betweeners. Um, we talk about their Super Bowl pitch, uh, we talk about the band playing their older material and just basically um, it's a good 12-13 minute uh, interview which you should check out, um, AMHTV. Um, some news as well with uh, AJ tweeting through, I think it was last week in regards to Adelaide, look, most likely not to be having any side waves as well this year, um, well next year for Soundwave 2015, um, makes sense. Uh, with the sort of the two days kicking off Adelaide and Melbourne, um, I'm personally not surprised that there's no side waves there. Um, hopefully, Melbourne do get a few, but it looks like Perth, uh, not Perth, um, <laughs> um, Brisbane and Sydney will most likely get the most of them. 
um, which isn't too bad because they've missed out in the last at least six or seven years with uh, Melbourne getting most of the side waves due to timing. Um, some pretty big news as well with YouTube announcing a new crowdfunding platform. Um, so basically, whenever you watch someone's video, you'll be able to donate money to them. So it's like your Kickstarter sort of premise? Pretty much pretty much identical. I'm just not sure of the payment methods yet and how you can pay. Well, Kickstarter is an interesting one. We've tent uh, At first, until the project's actually reached whatever that threshold was, most people who put a project up tend to only ask for cash, buy a credit card, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and PayPal usually becomes an option after they've achieved that goal and they know that they're going to get the money, then they can start Then they start doing PayPal. So yep. maybe they'll go down a similar sort of path. Yeah, I can, I can see that happening. Because um, PayPal locks it in guaranteed. Like, it's taken straight out of your account yeah. in that way. So if they haven't guaranteed the projects... I think at the moment, I think at the moment, YouTube say that they're going to take about a five to ten percent cut of each donation. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that'll change, but it definitely opens up. Um, it opens up the whole scope of things in regards to making money off YouTube. So I guess what so with YouTube taking your five ten percent is that just for them basically putting their name to it and kind of saying yeah, like we kind of support this because otherwise no, it's nothing like that. Basically, just go to Kickstarter or somewhere like no, no, no. Basically, um, so it's more designed for the the content creators, um, the YouTube vloggers. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, uh, is it Michelle Chan? Or I, I, don't know, I don't know her name. She's quite a popular one. Uh, like the likes of uh, all the beauty ones, like Essie Button and stuff like that. Um, I think it's Alex Williamson. Just naming some Australian ones. The Shooter Williamson, the guy that does all that stupid um, oh, stuff. Yeah, so that's what it's, I think that's what it's mainly designed for is large content creators like that to be able to claim some donations but in regards to YouTube I don't unless you're pulling in personally unless you're pulling in pretty much a million to two million views on your videos a month um, it's so so hard to make money off it yeah no only the best or oh, sorry not necessarily the best but well, like, sometimes you flash in a pan hit the right spot and all of a sudden you're getting hundreds of thousands of subscribers really quickly. Yeah, well, like I think in the last, since we turned on um, Google Ads on our YouTube videos for AMH TV. Um, Please no ad blockers. No, we've probably made $100 off 100,000 views. Oh, okay. So you don't make a lot of money off YouTube. If that's going by that, you can imagine people No, that, you need that 100,000 viewers per video per, consistently. Exactly. You, know, you need to be streaming a couple of those a week. Yeah, you either you know you're looking at two or three a week at you know a million views in total to be pulling a thousand bucks a week pretty much. That's where your your big YouTube like who's the biggest in uh, PewDiePie. Yeah, I, I don't watch any that of their stuff. No, I, I don't watch any of his stuff either. I think it's ridiculous, but um, I think he's the biggest and he gets multi millions of views well, that, per video yeah. he puts up. And I did read something. I think he recently was... turned his comments off because he was getting abused that much. Yeah? Yeah, I um, I um, I read somewhere maybe it was about three to six months ago in regards to the amount of money that these major ones actually do make, and how they've disputed it. So they're saying people like PewDiePie are making three to five million dollars a year based on YouTube. Yeah, and they're disputing that. I if I'm, I'm like having a rough disputing in what in what way? What do you mean? The amount. Oh, the so um, I'm guessing um that the likes of him. Will be making maybe about five hundred thousand dollars a year maximum off YouTube. Okay. Because I'm assuming too that you know the higher your views, obviously you're going to get a hit more clicks on your ads, but um, 
at the same time, I'm pretty sure YouTube will scale it back a little bit and won't be giving you as much um, the higher you go in regards to the click rate. Um, but that's all just my guess and it's not based on any facts or anything. But just by, by judging, you know, what 100,000 views gets for $100, for um, that's about where I go from there in regards to that situation. Um, also, uh, we'll touch on it shortly, the new iPhone 6 announcement and the iWatch, but the iPod Classic is gone. Oh, yeah? Dead? Um, well, they haven't put a new iteration out in a fair No, it's gone. Years. That's the end of it. So it's so rest in peace. Um, I think it was run. 2001, the first one came out. So... Remember all the ads featuring Jet? Jet and all that, yeah. Really um, I think, was it Outcast did one? Or, yeah. Yep. I so, think. like, um, obviously, I, th I don't have the figures in front of me, but I'm assuming that's one of its most popular items along with the iPod Shuffle over the last... And the iP iPhone, obviously, iPad. But I wonder what the figures are. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to uh, look up that now. Because when, so I, was, when free, I was younger... <laughs> no, but um, when I was younger, um, pretty much everyone... Everyone had one. Especially music fans, you know. I was unfortunate enough, actually, to have one myself. But a lot of, yeah, really close friends all had them and... Well, from, you know, we're a music website and I'm yeah. sure most of our uh, readers at least had an iPod Shuffle or an iPod Classic. But, um, yeah, no, I eventually got the Shuffle and was widely laughed at. Yeah, well, the iPhone, obviously the iPhone and stuff like that's killed it off with its 32 gig, 64 gig versions. Um, but personally, like I've got 300 to 500 sort of gig of music sitting on hard drives and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah. a classic's you know, a classic would be perfect. I'm just, I've now finally combed my way back to our article. So, you know, the 160 gig model was probably the most popular one as far as the actual... Classic was concerned. As far as the classic was concerned. And um, 54.83 million iPod units shipped. 50, when, when, 54 when, million. Yeah, that when is went, And that's when it peaked in 2009. So is that in two, so by 2009? Yeah. So they might have pushed 70 million units. Yeah, oh, probably more. I would suggest that that was probably in that particular year. Yeah. Oh, also, um, obviously, uh, we're not very well researched here because we didn't really want to go into facts and figures, but in regards to MP3 players and that, um, it is, it's probably the most popular, and at the time, um, obviously, it was it was ahead of its time in regards oh, yeah. to function functionality and stuff like that. Yeah, and look, others are catching up, and there were lots of imitators and rip-offs, but it really kind of set a precedent that others are still kind of catching up on in terms of how user-friendly it was, how functional it was, easy to pick up for your non-tech savvy. Well, I, remember, I remember that brick game. Yeah, the bounce. Well, no, it wasn't Tetris. Um, it was like a it was like tennis sort of thing where you had to swivel the swivel around and hit the the ball back and knock out brick by brick and it would spin around. Yeah, I had my shuffle side. Yeah, no. No I suppose uh, no screen on the shuffle, so Paul, Paul's game he had to play in his pocket. Like I said, wildly laughed at. Wildly laughed at, um, as he still is. Um, so the iPhone 6 announcement, Paul. Um, it was pretty big. I got up for it. Um, oh, really? You're keen. I got up just to, just to watch it. Um, the stream failed within about one minute. And yeah. you could not watch it on any platform but Safari. Really? Well, I watched it on Safari. But then I've read later that they only let the stream go on Safari. Oh, all right. Um, typical Apple. Typical Apple. They want to kind of capture their own audience there and work to their own audience, those who already have Macs or some sort of Apple product. But, um, you know, I didn't stay up and watch it. But, I mean, I've got, personally, I've got an 
Phone 4S, um, which just due to circumstance I had to pick up when I did, and the I, knowing that the at the time the five was about a fortnight away, I just kind of had to get it when I did. But look, this is probably my cue to to upgrade. I know it's not cheap if you were buying. So you're going to go iPhone again? I'll probably go iPhone. Like I, I would really like to kind of explore the Samsungs or some okay. other you know sort of device, but. Yeah. So much of my stuff is already locked to Apple, and there's yep. like a few thing, a few things. I tend to still, I think we've had this discussion when I'm talking about games, but I still like my hard copy. So I still like to buy my CDs, but every now and then, through circumstance or whatever, I'm forced to buy online, and I've done that through iTunes, which means you know if I jump ship to Samsung or an HTC or whatever Microsoft phone, those downloads are now useless to me. Yeah. So, so just touching on the iPhone six, um, so there's two versions. Six uh, and the plus. Well, the six and the plus. Um, there's the one which is the four point seven inch screen, and then the plus goes up to five point five inch screen. Um, and basically, they're a little bit thinner. Um, I think they're a touch thinner. Um, also, basically, uh, the camera will improve, um, boosting graphics performance. Um, but really, there's nothing really rev. No, there's nothing. That's, I think what we're gonna. It's playing catch up to Samsung, really. In some respects, yeah. I mean, by boosting the screen size in the first place, that's an attempt to kind of break even with Samsung and the Galaxy yep. models. Um, but I think, at least for a little while, like they innovated at the start with the iPhone, and they did some really cool things with it, and now it's almost like they've peaked and they just they haven't come up with that new revolutionary sort of idea yet. So they're just kind of treading water and they're just giving out, putting out incremental sort of upgrades. It is, it is a very simple phone to use. It's very reliable. Yeah. The battery life obviously is an well, issue. That's, that's one they were really pumping up though. They've, they've improved that significantly, apparently. Apparently. Until, but they said that with the 5 as well. Well, they say that with every device that runs on its own internal battery. Yeah. But it improves, but then... But at the end of the day, it's how much you use it, what settings yeah. you have switched how, on, how using all that it, sort of stuff. Even down to the consumer who charges it every night, perhaps even when it doesn't need to and runs the battery down early. You know, that overcharge sort of issue that you can get and it just doesn't quite hold charge like it used to. Yeah, definitely. Um, the iWatch announcement as well. Um, it looked pretty impressive. Um, <laughs> plenty of features. Um, you're right there, Paul? Quietly dying. Give me a sec. Um, yeah, so there's plenty of features on it. The only thing <laughs> I watched in the announcement was basically the fact... <coughs> Right, we've good. lost Paul. Um, it was basically the fact they didn't announce anything in regards to the battery life of the iWatch. So could you imagine having to charge your watch every night? Uh, yeah, look. There's I plenty of ground really features to, on yeah, it. Personally, I don't use a watch because... I mean, no, but if you've got an iWatch, no. Phone, let's but... just talk about the topic at hand. If you've bought an iWatch, do you want to charge it every no, night? No. And do you know they did not even mention it in the... Uh, the announcement because that would be a sore spot for a lot of people when they hear it. I, it, it I sounds. Guess, like I guess it. it'd be like that initial iPhone or iPod where the battery life wasn't great to start off with. Yeah. Um, and I, look, it was a long, long time ago with those iPods and iPhones, but like the first models of them. But memory serves. I don't think they really pumped up the the battery life at first because they probably knew that it wasn't going to be all but that. It's so to. weird because my iPad, I could leave it. On for a month and not touch it, and it's still charged at twenty to thirty percent. Yeah. So um, yeah, I can afford to leave mine running. Well, my, iPod, my iPad lasts forever. Yeah. But my iPhone, 
is absolutely hopeless. Um, my iPod Shuffle is absolutely hopeless. Well, they were really pumping up just in regards to the, the new iPhones. The, apparently, there's a fairly substantial sort of difference between the Plus and the, the regular iPhone. Like, the Plus is meant to hold, uh, apparently, is meant More to hold charge for a lot longer. Well, it, it makes sense. It's it a larger phone. Difference. They could run a larger battery. I mean, it was... For it's nearly 4. an inch. 7 inches. It's nearly an inch. 5.5 for the plus. I suppose um, we'd all like an extra inch. But, um, <laughs> um, okay, that's enough on tech and music related stuff. Um, we'll touch on entertainment now. Um, we've had a few deaths. Every, every podcast we have, we're talking about someone dying. Maybe we should stop. Well, maybe we'll stop podcasting or we'll stop just talking we'll about talk people about dying. People. But, um, uh, Joan Rivers passed away. Um, obviously, uh, she's not everyone's cup of tea, but personally, um, I did enjoy a Charlie Sheen roast. I could appreciate some of her stuff, but then other times she just went too far. Now, I am not, and I'll back in case you make some smart ass comment here. I am not an Adele fan at all, but she made some comment about her at one point. It might have been about a year ago. Did you ever see? There was an Adam Hills did a, no. gave her a little spray afterwards. She just, she's, you know, idolized by a lot of young girls, and she's not the sort that. You know, does drugs or any of those sorts of things like that we those, know about. That we know about. Sorry, that's fair. Um, but she's, regardless of your taste of her music, she's actually a good sort of a role model, and she ripped into her for being a little bit overweight and all that sort of stuff. Like, that televised just tore shreds off her. Not in a comedy gig. Like she was sat there in in, uh, in an interview and tore strips off her. And I wasn't a big fan of that. I love some, uh, some of her humour in the past. I've got to say though, that's that's about the. Uh, the least of uh, any of Joan Rivers' controversies. Yeah, no, so, that, that was just one that um, caught me at the time and I was instantly put off, even also, though I'm not a fan of Adele or her music. Also, um, Richard Keel passed away, uh, I think it was overnight. Um, Happy Gilmore. Well, Fame. Jaws, basically, from the Bond movies in the 70s, um, one of the, the greatest Bond villains of all time, um, but he's also the, the giant in Happy Gilmore. Oh, love him. Um, so he played a variety of roles, um, definitely a niche actor. I think he was about seven foot two. Seven two. Seven two, so he's absolutely enormous. Um, so anyone who's seen Happy Gilmore or even the older folk who have seen uh, the Bond films from the, the Spy 70s. Spy Love Me. Was, is that the one it was? Yeah, the Spy Love Me? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it was. I think um, there was no really report of cause of death, but no, I think he was at least 75. But he did recently break his leg... Um, yeah, so it's maybe just now, uh, complications. Sure just, yeah, maybe during operation. Yeah. Um, Sons of Anarchy, the first episode was back last night. Um, absolutely smashed ratings records in America. Um, I think it was up to about 8 million, 8 million viewers for FX, um, which is absolutely huge um, for pay TV. Um, I'm pretty sure FX is pay TV in America. Yeah, they're pay TV. Yeah, yeah. So that's absolutely huge. Um, some Terminator sequels got announced today. Um, 2017, yeah, 2018, we, we're going to get two more. We knew they were coming. Yeah. But yeah, to kind of... Back to back yeah, though, it's pretty good. They're filming them back to back. So the, the yep. next one comes out, well, next year. So then we'll get a two-year gap and then yeah, back to back pretty much. Yeah. So I guess that's a little bit like um, The Matrix, those sorts of things. Remember they filmed Revolutions and yeah. whatever the second one was. So I know both of them were rubbish. The sequels, but and um, you've got some news on a film that may be adapted into a TV show. Oh, uh, so Minority Reports, so the Tom Cruise film from oh, geez, would it be 2003? 2000, 2000, yeah. 2002, 2003, I reckon. Thereabouts, um, 
So that's that's uh, been picked up by Fox for a pilot episode at this point. Just a pilot? But there's a lot of talk. Uh, apparently Fox are pretty keen to turn it into a TV series. Now, I'm, I'm not sure whether you're you know, a Tom Cruise fan. I don't think, for the record, I don't think he's going to be in this series. I think, I think that was actually one of his best last, his last best movies. Yeah, he'd be right up there. His um, last best movies, because 10 years he hasn't really made much good stuff. The War that, of the Worlds was actually quite good. And there was Last Samurai, which was not long... It's probably Last Samurai was absolutely I, horrendous. I, I was a big fan of that. Last Samurai yeah, was yeah. absolutely horrendous. Um, but, yeah, look, he won't be in it. I have no doubt. Back to The Last Samurai. I think oh. I was <laughs> I was at the Warner Brothers um, studio tour back in the States last year and I actually saw his costume from The Last Samurai. Oh, yeah? And? <clears throat> and it was designed for a person that was about four foot one. It was a tiny... Sure it wouldn't have even got over my head. <laughs> So, how he was the last samurai um, is beyond you. Is, is beyond me. But, um, yeah, back to, your, back to your point. But, uh, yeah, so they've ordered the pilot episode, um, and apparently there's fairly decent odds that Fox are then going to pick it up. Do you know who's in it yet? Or? Um, nothing's kind of confirmed in that regard yet. I haven't heard any rumours at all. But it's being worked on Paramount TV and Steven Spielberg's production company himself. So, yeah, you know... Stands to reason it could be alright, yep. at the very least, um, regardless of your thoughts on the movie itself. Yep. Um, what shows have you been watching this week, Paul? Well, everything's been starting to wrap up. Um, the Leftovers finale, season finale, was Monday. Yep. Um, that blew me away. I was... Yeah, I, like, usually, like, I'm a big, big, big fan of it, but usually I can maybe have the iPad or something flicked in front of me and kind of half-hearted watching. Could not take my eyes off the screen. It was, that was... It was really quite captivating. Whoever come up with that concept and stuff, that was a massive risk to take on that show. Ten episodes. It's, but, I it mean, was it's a massive risk. On, it's on HBO, and they, they're really looking to take a few risks. Like, well, they need to because they've, they've lost they've everything with Game of Thrones. Yeah, but apart from Game of Thrones, they've lost yeah, everything a lot else is starting to die off, which I guess can lead to the next point there. Um, the newsroom. Yeah. So the big uh, is it Aaron Sorkin uh, series. Yeah. Uh, it got a trail for its third and final season. It's coming out in November. Well, it's going to start in November. Um, but that's only, I think, a four to six episode run. Like, it's, it's a yeah, short and Ratings haven't been good despite... The uh, content, the content, the first season was absolutely brilliant. Um, similar trailed a little bit. Similar to House of Cards. Um, the second one dropped away a little bit. But hopefully, um, I suppose, the four to six episode um, finale, sort of the final season, will actually be quite good. Finish on a high note. But I'm assuming it's because he's been um, Dumb and Dumber 2, obviously, um, the star of the newsroom. Um, oh, well, I mean, the show's ratings weren't exceptional anyway. Um, despite, you know, critical acclaim and that sort of thing, it wasn't rating all that well, because I think, at least in America, you know, it's, and that's its target audience because it's addressing American politics. I think a few seem to be a little bit put off by it. Maybe it's a bit too highbrow for them. I mean, like... I remember when the West Wing first aired over there, like ratings were huge in that first season and then it just died. The newsroom's not actually, well... Oh, well, it it's kind of... No, it's it has, still addressing political... It has, it has a, a slight left lean, but it's not a complete lefty Democrat favouring no. television show. Uh, I suppose... Um, but it can be a bit off-putting to some... some like, yeah, but for some us Australians... For us, stuff, no, it's just... It's no issue whatsoever. And it actually does it right though, Andy. 
Yeah, no, it actually does really well. Um, but I could never see him taking that show past the three seasons anyway. No, I don't think it was ever designed that no. way. Um, Ray Donovan continues to uh, go from strength to strength. What, um, two or three episodes to go? About two or three to go. Um, Ray Donovan is probably now the closest show since The Sopranos to that type of uh, type of thing. Um, if you're a fan of The Sopranos, you'll be instantly a fan of Ray Donovan if you have not seen it yet. Um, I recommend it to absolutely everyone. It's almost my favourite show on television right now. Um, and it blows me away episode by episode. Um, really good, you know, kind of character drama that goes in along the way. Yeah. Um, plenty of action, that sort of stuff as well, but keeps you on your toes. Yeah, it's, sure. it certainly does. Um, the Strain as well keeps picking up. Um, I think that's got one episode to go or two. Yeah, something like that. It's, it's wrapping up pretty soon. I think most of these start to just wrap up just before the bulk of the shows, your Arrows and Supernaturals and all those sorts, start coming back out again. Yeah. Um, um, so I, and speaking of Arrow, I guess that there's a new trailer that we've got up on the site there you can have a look at for the, the upcoming third <coughs> season. Um, amhnetwork.com, um, all plenty of recent trailers. Um, actually, every month we do put up a feature on basically 10 new trailers from that month. Um, so basically, you'd have to follow... For film. For film, exactly. Um, so you'd have to follow everything basically day in, day out, but once a month, jump on amhnetwork.com um, and you'll find basically a feature with 10 to 12 trailers that we find interesting interesting every single month. Which includes the likes of Fury. Oh, there was a trailer that we had up on the site for that. The other yeah, day. Um, the a new Pitt. one's come, a new trailer dropped for the new Brad, Brad Pitt uh, war movie. Um, but there's heaps of, heaps of them on there. There's a new there's one with Jake Gyllenhaal and... Um, Plenty of various trailers on there, so definitely check that out. Um, speaking of movie movie news, I don't know if this comes under movie news, but there was the Jennifer Lawrence leak. Oh, the photos. And well, I suppose all the rest of them. celebrities as well, but Jennifer Lawrence was the most talked about one. That absolutely blew the internet up for pretty much a week, didn't it? Yeah, and... You know, it's news, died down news, massively, news news well. well, because no more came of it. Like, there was originally talk when all these photos came out that there was more to come the next day and there was, you know, going to be this steady stream of stuff and either it was all a bluff yeah. or this person I don't think it was a bluff, but I think he got, he must have got busted or went into hiding. So, but, um, um, yeah, I mean, it was huge, you're right. Um, maybe they've just, maybe they've just launched legal attacks on anyone that's publishing news about it or something ridiculous like that. I don't know, there's been a lot of kind of uh, hacking sort of activity lately. Like I mentioned last last well, there was time, the five million Gmail passwords that got hacked yeah, overnight. Um but there was so there was uh, these leaked images I mentioned in the last podcast there was the attacks on Sony and Microsoft and a whole bunch of the big game people uh, you know publishers and developers. There's a lot of activity in that space going on at the moment and I guess it's a little bit of concern. So you know as far as known in reference to your Gmail ones Check your passwords, update your passwords, that sort of thing. So obviously ob- obviously, you had to delete all your nudes from your phone and iPad? Um, yeah, no, I wouldn't want to expo- have anyone exposed to those. might hurt your eyes. I suppose if you do go on a few alternative uh, male-themed websites, you'll be able to find <laughs> images of our entertainment at a pool. That's not true at all. <laughs> but we'll, we'll keep that for another, uh, maybe up late. The alternative up late. podcast up late, up late, you call it. <laughs> um I don't know if you followed it this week, Paul, but just uh, a little bit of... Uh, I actually had a giggle um, of the... Uh, I don't even know how to say her name. You, Is found, it? you found my photos. Of, apart from finding your uh, your photos horse. Um, Ariana, Ariana Grande. 
sounds like a Starbucks coffee or something like that. But she's out here in Australia at the moment. And I was just reading through her. Uh, she had a bit of an incident with uh, some PR and some press when um, she had a massive, um, basically, demand list for an interview schedule where you couldn't ask her about Justin Bieber. Um, you couldn't ask her about, um, I think it was a granddad or... It was about these six or seven lists of demands from this... Uh, this I've never even heard of her. I don't know if she's a pop yeah, star I'm or... Not, or she's a pop yeah. star. Um, she's had a number one album. I'm not sure if it was in the States or the UK, but... Um, just no and basically, well, I found it funny because I was dealing with um, You Made Six this week. Yeah. Um, and You Made Six, um, not a huge, huge band, but they've had a number one album in the UK. Yeah. So for me, that is absolutely massive. Um, and literally their demands were, where do you want us to sit? And so otherwise it's pretty much just open <laughs> say that you can ask anything you want. Oh, well, obviously you've got I mean, to know your line as yeah. an interviewer, but... um. But basically, their demand was, "Where do you want us to sit?" and um, and uh, can we wrap this up in half an hour? Or you know, and it just shows the absolute extreme that some basic nuffers go to um, in regards to these huge pop stars. And then you know, the bands we deal with at AMH Network, um, and I've never had a problem with any any band member doing any film stuff whatsoever. Um, I actually had one band member ask if. The, uh, the video brightness could be toned down when I um, put it across because his skin looked pretty uh, oily. Oily, I think the word he used, and it had to go through management before we posted it. Well, but apart from that, I've had nothing whatsoever in regards to troublesome. Well, I reckon these artists, like the, these particularly needy ones that you're referring to, they need to be careful because you don't want to bite the hand that feeds you. Like, it's these publications such as, uh, such as AMH and a whole bunch of others that... They're the ones that get that publicity out there and they look after you. And if you want to cause problems with them, well, they, don't, I think they don't have to interview. I think I'm actually talking about the Age News Limited Fairfax. This is how big up oh, it yeah, was. No, but, no, but what I'm saying example. is that these are huge publications yeah. that she's given all these demands to. And at the end of the day, um, from her being the way she was, they actually got more page views on their articles. Oh, really? Obviously, people are going to click through to read about this troublesome pop diva. As opposed to, you know, everything went well and the interview was nice, so... Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but, um... Any publicity, I suppose. Any publicity is good publicity, I suppose. Yeah. Um, um so, uh, also, there's actually some Game of Thrones news. Just just a little bit. Um, and I think anyone who's read the books already uh, probably have a feeling this is coming, but no signs of Bran or Hodor in this next season. So, how do you say it? Is it Hodor? Hodor. <laughs> so, um, he won't be... So Neither of them could be in there, so that's that's going to be a little bit depressing. I'm mostly from the, the Hodor front. Cause but it's just season I'm, five. It's just because the storyline hasn't caught up. It's just dictated to by the story, so it's not that there's been any sort of falling out or clashes or any of that sort of stuff. It's just what the story dictates, and as a result of that, neither of them will be in this season. Yep. Um, curious. Now, did I read somewhere, obviously that they're not in season five, but are they planning a year hiatus after season five? What is this, to buy George Martin some time? Well, from all accounts, season five is going to go ahead as planned next year. Yeah. And then there may be a year hiatus. Have you heard anything? I haven't heard anything about that personally, but um, it, it almost yeah, makes it, sense. Is it, is it a risky sort of thing to do? I mean, look, there's the positive. Oh, it will just get where, more and more hype, I reckon. It's, it's positive where yeah, there's going to be more hype, and it buys George Martin some time. But I mean, what about some of the inconsistencies? Like that, those younger uh, cast members, your brands, and those sort. They're going to get older again. There's going to be this 
They could always, they could always film their parts. And you know, it's, it's the, the, the power of movie um, and television, I suppose, that ability. Yeah. But, but um, Cutting I'll, below the knees and you won't know. It's just a couple of rumours I've read. Um, obviously, there's bigger Game of Thrones fans out there than me. But, um, yeah, we'll just see if it happens. That's news to me, but... But those two characters are definitely getting uh, laid off for at least 12 months. He will grow up massively in the next yeah, 12 that's, months. That's, that's, the sort of, that's the sort of thing that concerns me. Um, so hopefully in regards to this brand bit, that they've still filmed whatever they need him to do for going forward. Yeah. I, I don't know how far ahead they've planned already. So not sure. Yeah, not too sure what to expect. I guess we'll, we'll, guess we'll see when it, season five inevitably comes along. Yeah. What, March, April. It's usually the that point next year. Yeah. It's a painfully long wait. Yeah. Six months to go. Um, I think my, maybe some of the rumours started by a misclarification from, I think his name is Christian Nahn. Is that Hodor's real name? Um, Potentially. But he's, he's quite was. Uh, we have a season off and we have a year's hiatus solely because I imagine our storyline is up to the end of the books. So basically uh, he said, so I get my year off now to do Rave of Thrones. He's basically rave party that he takes around the world because he's a... <laughs> Well, he's a he's actually quite a popular DJ. I don't know if he's any good, really? but um, and they're actually coming to Melbourne um, quite soon, I believe, for his uh, Rave of Thrones. Oh, it's not yeah, my type of thing. I'm not familiar with it. So, but yeah, um, we'll see where that one goes. Um, touch on gaming now, Paul. Um, what news has broken in the last week or so? Uh, well, I guess one of the biggest games for next year is going to be Batman: Arkham Knight. Um, the previous games have been. Game of the Year winners a few times from a few different publications. Um, so that, that's that been locked in for Australia on June 4th and they announced a couple collector's editions for that which will set a few Batman fans' hearts aflutter because there was some particularly elaborate sort of statues there, one of Batman, one of the Batmobile. Um, so there's plenty there for those fans who want to jump on board. Um, for any digital games that are getting released in Australia, uh, it's now going to be uh, free to get the game rated. So in the past, if you let smaller indie pub, uh, publisher, for example, to put, get your game brought out here, it has to go through the rating system, but you'd have to pay the ratings board to actually sit down and have a look at it. That's now free, which will allow more games exposure. Out Do you know how much that used to cost to get that? Not a clue, but I mean, any expense they're not paying is... is a good, good expense, yeah, exactly. Um, the Game Boy this year is turning 25. Game Boy is 25? The original Game Boy. Um, so a Nintendo, so doing anything, a Nintendo doing anything for it? Uh, they might do some virtual console support, but if they... Uh, I've heard nothing as of yet. So they won't be bringing back a classic Game Boy for a special one-off edition or something like no, that? No, unfortunately not. But um, we've been celebrating that a little bit through the site. So myself and Matt, two of our gaming writers... Um, We've been counting down our top 10 Game Boy games from that era, uh, ranging from the original Game Boy through the Game Boy Color. We carved off there because they're the same system. Um, so that includes titles like uh, The Legend of Zelda and a few different Mario titles, Pokemon, I won't spoil too much more. Um, but on the whole Nintendo handheld front, they announced themselves a new system. Um, so you've got your, your 3DS, I'm not sure if you're familiar with all those. Um, but they've released a new iteration of it. They're calling it the new Nintendo 3DS, so they still haven't really got their heads around good marketing because, I mean, we've had that conversation in the past about the Wii U. Yeah. You were a little confused how that differs to the original Wii. Um, their new Nintendo 3DS is going to include an, a second analogue stick, so more in line with what you're used to on um, PlayStation or Xbox or Nintendo you know, console controllers. Um, 
increased visual capacities uh, and improved 3D. So you don't, in the past, you've had to sit right in the sweet spot to have that 3D on, otherwise it gets blurry. They've tweaked that a little bit so it now kind of corrects itself for your head placement. Um, and the most important thing is packing more, packing more power now. So there's, there's going to be a range of games that they can now release for the system that perhaps wouldn't have been possible before. Um, the first one they're going to be doing is Xenoblade Chronicles, which is a remake of the Wii game. Wouldn't have been possible on a handheld before. The concern that some have had, and I posted an article on this on the website, and I'll look for your opinion here. If you've got an established base of, I think currently there's about, oh, I think it's about 50 million 3DSs, and you release a new system that's more powerful, that means that in order to play some certain games that come out for it, you need to, you have to upgrade to that new system. Is that perhaps poor thinking there? Uh, I assume so, especially that you've got 50 well, million. Yeah, you've got 50 million people straight, uh, straight away, and now, you know, for example, when this Xenoblade comes out, those 50 million can't play it unless they buy themselves a new Nintendo 3DS, which will set it back a few hundred dollars again. Yep. Um, um, it's infuriated a few Nintendo fans. I wasn't overly... I'm assuming it's infuriated about 200... Thousand to million to twenty million. Yeah, there's a lot of fans. There's a lot of Nintendo fans out there. So, um, and I posted an article about it. I tried to be as neutral as I could. I know I personally will be buying the system anyway. Yeah. But, um, and so I look for all that it's probably going to be great, and I will buy it day one. I can understand the frustration from a few. Um, you know, existing 3DS owners to now have to buy a brand new system in order to play a few specific games. Yep. Um, those old ones will be backward compatible, so they will work on the new on the new one. But those new features, you can't. Yeah, it's yep. going to have that issue. Um, Any blood, other gaming news, Paul? Yeah, uh, not a huge amount though. So Bloodborne, which is uh, I've mentioned this in the past, it was announced at E3. Um, Dark Souls inspired game from the same team coming to the PS4 exclusively. The uh, Western release date hasn't been locked in yet, but it's now confirmed for Japan to be coming out on February 5th. So that's February starting to get a little packed. Wouldn't surprise me if in those Western regions it potentially gets delayed maybe a month or two just to give some of the existing games some exposure. Sony's already got an exclusive game in the order, 1886 coming out that month, so they might put it off on the back burner for a little bit. But that's coming out then. And we, we posted an article recently Gears of War, which is, I think we've had the conversation, it's about, from your good mate, originally from your good mate, Cliffy B. Yep. Um, he's moved on from the project now. Just exploring, the game's been confirmed to be in existence. They announced it early in the year with no trailers, no nothing, because they Microsoft bought the rights from Epic, so it now remains permanently exclusive to Xbox consoles. Yep. Um, we post an article just exploring when it's going to be coming out, and it's, it's drawn a little bit of attention and a fair few hits, which has been nice. Um, maybe check it out at some point, sound off, let us know what you think, because um, it's certainly going to be one of the biggest games of probably 2016 when it finally comes out, hopefully when it comes out. Um, but other than that, probably take a good look at the uh, the Press Start articles, have you been reading? Yeah, the, no, definitely, um, it's, a, it's a weekly at the moment. It's, um, a, it's a weekly article. One of our entertainment writers, um, Matt Doria, I believe that's how you would pronounce his last name. Um, Matt, if you're listening, let us know if it's... Uh, if it's different, but yeah, a nice little uh, weekly weekly write-up in regards to just basically the world of gaming, entertainment. Um, I think there was even some iPhone stuff on his yeah, last so the, one. This, so. this week's one following the iPhone announcement, he sat down and looked at it and kind of looked at some of the implications it will have on 
mobile gaming. Yep, so just jump on the website, check them out. Um, did you play a game this week at all, Paul? Um, yeah, I've got a few reviews there actually to look at. So there was the final episode so of The Walking Dead. One, pick one and walk us through it. Which right. is your favourite? Um, the Walking Dead. We'll go away from The Walking Dead because right. you talk about it well, every week. Five stars. Um, I guess there was two reviews that I've looked at. One of them was from last year, DuckTales. Um, good, fun, classic uh, platformer that they remade. But the big one has been Diablo 3. Um, it came out in Diablo 3. It came out for PC in 2012. Yep. Um, there was an expansion pack that came out for it earlier this year, and then uh, this past month it's come to consoles. Um, so which console did you play I on? I played it on the PS4. Yep. Um, Thoughts? Look, uh, as someone who is not a massive PC gamer, I was a little bit put off at first, but... Um, Really, it clicked really, really quickly. So there's two reviews to look at. There's the original one, which we linked to in the in the review for the uh, Ultimate Evil edition of it. But really good, uh, easy to pick up and play. 20 hours, I burst through all five acts. Um, great fun, was hooked the whole time. Um, story's not exceptional, it's a bit cheesy, a little bit hammy, but I think it was the action and the looting that really sells the whole experience there. Um, and it includes everything from the main game plus the Reaper of Souls expansion. Um, great value if you've not played Diablo 3 on PC because you're not a PC gamer or whatever your reasons might be. This is probably the version to get. Console's probably even the actual best way to play the game is what I'm hearing from a number of others. Which is not usually the case for a PC game like that. Yeah, I remember playing the old games actually on PC. Um, Down in the Dungeon. Um, <laughs> it used to be uh, it was quite a popular PC game back in the the nineties, I believe, early two thousands. Nineties, and then just into early two thousands, and then it went quiet for the best part of a decade. We yeah, Diablo three was coming, but it took took an eternity for it. So it's not. Out. Is it on PS three or three sixty? Yeah, it's it? on three sixty, PS three, PS four, Xbox one, and then there's Diablo three and, and the Reaper of Souls expansion on PC already. Oh great. Um, um, anything else you'd like to touch on just quickly in the world of gaming? Last thing, uh, Destiny, which is, I mean, we've spoken about it in a number of podcasts now. Yep. One of the biggest games of the year, biggest, probably new IP for the year. Uh, it came out this week. Uh, no one really got access to it until it released on Tuesday, reviewers, gamers alike. So I'm still currently kind of trying to smash through the campaign to get a review put out for it. But early impressions from about the first probably five to six hours I put into it have been really, really positive. Um... I won't go into too many specifics just because so when, so my when, mind might change. When you review a game, do you clock it or play it out in full? I endeavour to wherever possible. There's some games that they're just so open-ended that there is no real sort of end point. And yeah. I just try to explore all the different features. Um, definitely try to, if there's a story to it, I try and finish the story because for me personally, that's a big sort of component to yeah. any sort of a game as more the time and tension from publishers and developers is going into game narrative. Yep. Um, I try not to focus too much on visuals these days because um, they're all starting to reach this certain plateau now. So it's only really something that's quite extraordinary or does something particularly revolutionary that I'll focus on there. But otherwise, yeah, probably expect a Destiny review in the next week along with a review for Infamous First Light which was a downloadable um, expansion essentially to the Second Sun, which came out in March. Oh, great. Well, uh, that basically wraps up uh, AMH Network's The Alternative Podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight, Paul. Yeah, thank you again. I'll try not to die on, on camera this time. <laughs> on, ca time. On, on camera or on a uh, microphone. microphone. Um, 
Also, check out our SoundCloud account. We've got some new interviews up there, which they're all downloadable. Um, they all feed straight through to our iTunes podcast. So um, the alternative podcast is up on iTunes and SoundCloud for free download. Um, but also the interviews, um, the interviews are also going up on SoundCloud, which also feeds straight through to uh, to iTunes. Um, so check out amhnetwork.com for the latest news and basically all the features we've talked about on today's podcast and we look forward to you listening to our next one.